People of the world, it's time to quarantine. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Huzzah! Welcome to another episode of uh, Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and Jason Smith. And me, Jason Smith! (laughs) You know what I think I'm going to do? Like, uh, I've been doing it where I say both our names, uh-huh. but I think, like, next time, see? Next time, I'm just going to go with Cliff Dorfman and and then me, you can... Jason Smith! That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's even more it. sticky. I yeah, love it. We'll do that. We'll do I love that. it. All right, good. How you doing, buddy? Welcome to another episode of us here oh. at home. Well, welcome. It is good to be back. And hey, it's good to see you again, Nancy. Nancy... Nancy's already here. Join the chat. Yes. Always good to see Nancy. Loyal, loyal viewer, listener. Who also gave us a lot of good insight today. We can talk about that stuff later. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. um, But yeah, it's a good day. I just can't wait to get back to the gym tomorrow because that sounds like a great thing to do the first day that uh, the gyms are open. Uh, Oh, is that opening tomorrow, all the gyms? Yeah. Movie theaters too? Gyms and movie theaters. So I'm going to go get my sweat on and then go sit in a theater. And what about nightclubs? I don't think night- bars. bars, yes. Nightclubs, no. Uh, there's a difference? Um, I Could feel be. like there is because, like, um, I was talking to um, – I'm very close with the guys that run uh, the comedy store, right? The Walk Comedy, right? So they were explaining mm-hmm. that they're trying to figure out how to open because they're a restaurant and a bar and kind of a nightclub but kind of not. Um, mm-hmm. The way they can sit people in there. I think it has to do with – I don't know if it's dancing or live. Like uh, a club is not somewhere that it's not a live venue. So they, they, they're not a club because they have live stuff. Um, so there's all these different, you know, the way they break down with the difference is very probably semantic and has to do with like dancing and how many people they're supposed to be able to fit inside the, inside the place. All right. But really, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's six of one, half a dozen. Of the other. They come up with these little formulas that. I don't know. Are they? Uh, what, what are they? Uh, they're not derivatives, but they're. Uh, what, what's the underwriting people at the uh, oh, actuaries? The actuaries, yeah. So that's yeah. all. Yeah, it's all there. It's all set up. But I was figure out how much about, a life's worth. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. <laughs> put that in Fight Club, right? Where if, if you know the cost of the, <laughs> oh, the if the cost of the uh, the class action is lower than uh, the recall, we let it slide, right? You let it slide. Like how much is a life worth? You know, I love it on a uh, long enough time scale. All of our Lifespans of death or a, what did I say? Life's yeah. tale. Yeah. Like, well, no, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, the, the quote is, uh, <laughs> at long enough a timeline, everybody's life expensity drops to zero. Yeah. That's it. Chuck Palahniuk. I what mean, guy. that guy can write. Yes, he can. That is a writer. All right. So do you, first of all, I, I finally got into the PGA tour on the, on the top golf thing. I, oh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, that's how long it took. For those of you who don't know, Cliff, <laughs> plays a lot of video game golf. A lot. A lot. Yeah. His his night his place overlooks a golf course and he can't play on it right now. So but he is the master of video game golf right now. I, I really have gotten into a groove finally that I no longer want to um spar with either of the code writers for Top Golf Club anymore. <laughs> I feel like, all right, man, you didn't make it absolutely impossible. Like if I was today at this point, and I was, I, I'd question why I was still playing, obviously. Uh-huh. But if I was, then I'd, I'd definitely be finding out their names. But at this point now, I'm on the PGA tour. I'm making money. Um, you know, my handicap's like a two point five. So I feel good. Now, now, is your avatar you? Do you have an avatar that looks like you? You know, in my mind, when I look at the screen, it looks like me. I mean, if someone else looked at it, they'd be like, who's that dude? Um, just so you guys, just so you know, um, I'm going to start a GoFundMe starting today. You to, uh, <laughs> raise money to get Cliff that gold jacket. I mean, um, I want it so bad. <laughs> I, I was just thinking if I could play golf real life, how I play on the course here on the tour and the PGA tour, I, you, you know, we probably wouldn't know each other. Oh, I no, we put. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably try and interview, and you'd be like, "I'm too busy. 
I'm on the tour right. right now. No, I'd still, we'd have met that way. That's how we know each other. <laughs> We're obviously supposed to meet, right? So we would have met that way. I would have been right. the, wearing my master's jacket, you know, like not like the bad boy of golf. That's how yeah. I see it in my mind. Yeah, like with the sleeve with the finger tats. Like yeah. it's all frayed. Like the way um, yeah. Will Smith wore his uh, jacket for uh, the, the private school um, on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, yes. Remember yeah. he wore it inside yes. out so he could stand out? Yeah, I'd cut the fingers like dice. So just, the, <laughs> just on my golf. Uh, golf uh, glove, so you just see like meat. Yeah, they call you meat suit. Like that would be your golf name. Like <laughs> yeah, meat man. suit would be my right. Exactly. So that's all you'd see when I was gripping the pole. Oh, that's so gripping funny. the pole. The name of uh, somebody sex, sex tape. Tyler's sex tape. <laughs> gripping the pole is the title of most people's sex tape at some point. Now, well, not everybody's. <laughs> okay, listen, I got to the PGA tour, so that's that. Now. We did a little a background because we were asking yesterday about the Dirty Betty thing. Can I just launch yep. into this? Yeah, absolutely. And we couldn't. I was positive that they linked the, you know, they dubbed the voice. It was Christian Slater. We talked about it. You were pretty sure. We. I was listening. Nancy said she was listening without her eye. Like, you know, like, just like, is it just the voice watching the mouth if it dubbed up? I did that too, by the way, Nancy. I watched his mouth only to see if it was like matching with the words. Turns mm-hmm. out, right, Jason, LA Times, what? He, he just practiced a hell of a long time to get that cadence just right. But the LA Times did a whole article on it. Oh, a whole article on it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Just as Nancy sent us. Yeah. So you're welcome, LA Times, for us giving you that idea uh, on an angle into uh, the dirty, be- the the dirty, dirty Betty. Betty. That's what I want to say, Dirty Betty, every time. Is the it just Betty. me? No, because yeah. she's the dirty one. It's it, it's a weird thing to title a show Dirty John based off of a different story and then make that the anthology name of everything. Like now that like it's like American Horror Story and then there's American Horror Story Coven. Like the apocalypse. Yeah. Cult. But this is Dirty John. So regular good. Dirty John Betty. Then you know maybe it'll be Dirty John Frank. Uh, Dirty John Aaron Hernandez. Dirty I want to take it. With Aaron Hernandez. What do he do? Yeah, I mean, you know, listen. He did a lot. He murdered those. He was closeted. No, Aaron Hernandez isn't that the guy that. I wish he just could have just come out. I think he would have been so much happier and be one more alive person in the world. He was the one that killed his girlfriend, right? Yeah. So no, 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 not his girlfriend. He killed his girlfriend's or his fiance's partner, sister's boyfriend. Got it. That was what it was. And, you know, because I don't watch the news when I finally because I can only watch the, the Netflix stuff like that during the day. Right. So when I finally watch like Inside the Mind of a Killer, that Aaron Hernandez thing, I watch it all during the day. But because I don't watch the news, I had no idea about any of this. So I, I'm watching and I'm like, oh, Jason, I should get him on the podcast. I'm like, this would be great. Just get him on the podcast. And then they're like, and he committed suicide in jail. I'm like, ah, just a little late to the party on that. Yeah, because I just wanted to ask him what happened with Tim Tebow and why he had the same thing, like, written on his face when he killed himself. That's the tattoo of Tim Tebow is, like, whatever it is, John or three, you know. Well, John, was it John 316? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. John 316, probably the most popular. I just am asking, I'm just asking, what happened? I... I think that I mean I I'm not I'm not convinced that even any of those guys whether it's uh, him or Epstein were you know it's I think it should be tougher to be able to kill yourself in those cells and I no I think Aaron that. Hernandez killed himself I'm saying yeah because he had and I don't know if he wrote it on his if he wrote it on his face or his chest like I wish you could look this up like he wrote the John three sixteen whatever Tim Tebow has tattooed on him wherever he has it tattooed um, you know again I'm not the sports guy. Oh yeah. So well, here's what I'll say about guy. that. I'll, uh, as the uh, the unofficial, uh, uh, every other religion but Jewish uh, representative <laughs> on the podcast, I will say that John three sixteen is probably, if not the most popular, outside of maybe the Corinthians Psalms uh, 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 Bible verse out there. It's uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes within Him should not perish, but have everlasting life through Jesus Christ. That's John three sixteen. Yes. So right. so I, now that you've summed that up, go on. I, I think that any, whether that's with Tebow or, and that's also um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, the, the Stone Cold 316. Yes. It's a very, very popular and probably that most reference verse. If you're going to put something on you, that's going to be the one you're going to do. 
Okay, yes. And that is, thank you for bringing that up and informing what the uh, what the biblical, but no, I'm being serious, what the yeah. biblical quote is and everything, because it's important that you do that. Now, what I'm going to say is a step further. I love how we just jumped into the mind of Aaron Hernandez. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the, do me a favor, Jason, will you look up uh-huh. Tim Tebow's tattoo and where he has it, and please look up where Aaron Hernandez had written that same thing okay. when, he do- when he was found, when his body was found. Okay. And then what we're going to talk about is the fact that they were very close and played together for a while, and then they never spoke again. All right. Well, I will do that. It might take me a minute because it's all over his okay. face. Every picture I find, is it's got Tim Tebow where he's got it written under his eyes right here. Right. Uh, so let me where, So where did Aaron Hernandez have it? Tell me. Aaron. When they found his body. Hernandez. I wish I, I, I need to, this, when we, we, I got to know when we have these, I can bring Stephanie out. She probably knows all of the things. Yeah. When Uh, you move inside, we need Stephanie on like the side computer. Like we're, you know, she's like, click, 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 click. And she's like sending you stuff right on the other monitor. It's 316. He wrote it on his forehead. Okay. So now he wrote it on his forehead. Tim Tebow wrote it under his eyes and they were very close. I don't know if they played together in college or professionally. They were, they were, they were Mm -hmm. very close and they touched upon this for a while in the documentary. And, uh, and then they never spoke again. Oh, see, Stephanie's here. She knows. See, yep, on his fart. Boom. <laughs> that's why we need Stephanie. When you move inside, that's uh, Stephanie's got to be like on uh, on the side desk. Yep. We'll have to change the name to Stuck at Home and Stuck Inside. With yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm saying just think about that. I, I think oh. there was something that went on between them. There was some kind of relationship that was ter- – it was a turmoil. It was turmoil for, for Aaron. And – you know, all of this came to a boiling point. Anyway, I don't know how we got into this, but it should be Dirty Betty. And when, when, when did Dirty John become, it's Dear John. There was never a Dirty John before the podcast. They've right. just, like, they supplanted this, this thing into our subconscious. They're like, boop, Dirty John. It's like, no, 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 you came up with that like three years ago. Before right. three years ago, it wasn't a thing. It's a, it's a, it was a perfect name for a podcast, and you know, it, it's probably yeah. one of the biggest uh, true crime podcasts outside of Serial and My Favorite Murder. Right there, buddy. Yeah, I got the hiccups. I got lots of, I got lots of gas bubbling up inside What's me. What's going on? You need some mass effects. I'm just bubbling inside as well. Mass effects. Uh, side side effects may include everything known to man <laughs> and woman. You can't say that anymore. Everything known to man. It's everything known to human. To everything known to people. To the humans. Yeah, um, like humans. Yo, go but, ahead. Uh, what? But uh, yeah, no. It, um, I, I, I don't we want to bring on our guest. Is that what we're? Is that I what you're thinking? I feel oh no, like I, we... I forgot what you uh, you got me just uh, past the thing I remember talking about. But uh, which is the hiccup? Uh, no, it was I think it was had to do with Dirty John. <laughs> uh, I was just saying that the Dirty John it's very popular, but I don't think it needs to be the name of everything. We can think of a. There could be a. If, you know, but I think that's that. That's just the whole thing with now the Listen, brand. Who are we to say? Yeah, I mean, we all know it. We're sitting here talking about it for three shows now. So yeah. you know, they're doing something right. Yeah. Hey, we all know what it <laughs> means. Yeah, exactly. So now it's the new band aid for true crime. Well, there'll be uh, the next one will be uh, Dirty John Hernan Lopez, um, who is the guy who actually was uh, I was telling you about. He runs Wondry, and that's where Dirty John came from, and he still got indicted for uh, that whole bribery scandal down in uh, southern uh, South America for bribing uh, uh, oh. soccer officials to get the uh, soccer rights. Oh, wow. And he's alive? He's alive. He's, he's around. He still runs the um, – he, he still runs the uh, whole uh, uh, Wondery network. What, from jail? No, he's not in jail yet. He just got indicted, so he's pled not guilty, but he's going to court. But this is in South America, right? Oh, this, is in, this is in New York and L.A. He – he got in trouble. He worked for Fox before this. And mm. uh, before he ran Wondry, he worked for Fox and he was responsible for soccer and live events. And so he was he's being charged with bribing officials in South America to get and gain the rights to um, soccer. So games. Fox could have the rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he just got busted. Everybody does that. Everybody. Yeah. Allegedly. He got, him and somebody else got busted from Fox Sports. So they're there. But that's that's kind of my running joke that the next one will be dirty. Dirty John Hernan. I mean, listen, I, I would love if you threw a murder in there. It would be great. Didn't they topple the uh, president of FIFA, though? They got him. Oh, yeah, they got him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's rife. Rife. Is that, <laughs> is that the right word? It's rife with corruption. You know, I, rife. Like I always thought it was like ripe with, and I don't know really? why I thought ripe, because it's like, it's just like ready to burst. <laughs> so I always thought it was ripe. Rife. 
right. I took that test in Cosmopolitan where they wanted to know, like they gave you a bunch of words. They're like, what's your vocabulary? I'm like, 100 percent, bitch. <laughs> well. OK, I, let's do it. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bring her on. All right. All right. So this is happening. OK, so our next guest. This is very interesting to me, and I can't wait to talk to you about everything that's coming up and what she does. She is an editor at Rotten Tomatoes, and she also is the brains behind the uh, Rotten Tomatoes binge, right? The binge blog. All right, so let's just get her on the air and let's start talking about content and all kinds of stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacqueline Coley. Yes. Hi, gentlemen. How are y'all? Hey, how are you doing? Jason's always listening, by the way. How yeah, I'm are you? I hope he comes back. I will. <laughs> Hi, Jacqueline. How are you doing? <laughs> so how are you? How's everything? Besides the fact that I had a very ill-timed sneeze just there, great. <laughs> no one noticed. If you didn't say anything, it all would have just passed over. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> well, like how are you? Like this. I'm doing good. I mean, I'm uh, in quarantine in L.A. with my dog. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're good. Okay, so I want to ask you a couple of things. First of all, Rotten Tomatoes, to me, it's become... Do you remember a thing called the uh, MRQE, the Movie Review Query Engine? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> okay, so this was a this was a, a portal basically where you could type in a movie's name and all the critics would come, you know, Owen Gleiberman and all these people, you know, the main names from a decade ago, let's say. And now it seems with Rotten Tomato and Metacritic, you guys have abolished the 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 solo critic where someone's like, oh, I want to hear what uh, Elvis Mitchell says about this. I mean, I don't know because I have my people. Some people I read just for the fact that they're, I'm going to disagree with them. So I don't know, I, 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 I lived in that world for a while before I joined Rotten Tomatoes and mm -hmm. people like David Ehrlich with Letterboxd has an entire, I would say, fandom dedicated to him. He's the number one reviewer on there. And even people like Quentin Tarantino, he has reviews up on his website on New Beverly. Like he reviews I love that. in the 70s. So I think it depends. Like. Yes, we don't have the like Siskel and Ebert where maybe like the entire consciousness is attached to one particular critic or a few particular critics or like when Pauline Kael was like the voice of female criticism, um, you know, in the early 70s and right. uh, 60s. But there are people where I think they find their person. Like I usually agree with April Wolf when she was reviewing for the LA Weekly. And so okay. I go to her. And then meanwhile, Amy Nicholson, who's actually a friend of mine who I love to death, I would like fight her on half of her reviews. Like, literally, will, like me, literally fight. Me and her have had <laughs> an entire thing about The Greatest Showman. I really don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but. Listen, I, I, I from what you're saying, I think I'm with you. Uh, it caused tension in our friendship because I told her, I was like, that movie is trash. And she gave it like a glowing review. Couldn't watch it. Variety. No, it was Couldn't watch it. I was like, Couldn't watch it. No. I, have, I, I could not even believe I mean, Hugh Jackman, I guess, you know, uh, he's amazing. Make anything with the guy, but not that. No. I'm <laughs> saying it was just so bad. I'll tell you what the idea is. Tell me, all right? I'm gonna we take you as the new Harvey Levin and we make Rotten Tomatoes about movies the same way they do about gossip for a television show. Oh, God. Boom. I don't know if I could be Harvey, though. <laughs> oh, no, you'd be the best Harvey ever. You'd be the cool Harvey, the smart I, Harvey. I well, Harvey's smart. I would be the girl that just pops up there looking like none plus. Like, there's a blonde girl that was, like, always at the front, and she was just like, what are y'all doing? I would be that girl. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Rotten Tomatoes TV show going over every new film that's coming out streaming and regular. How is this not a thing? Um, I don't know. They're they're busy right now trying to see what people are watching at home. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. I mean, okay, so first thing I want to talk about, though, is the Rotten Tomatoes system, right? So it's like, basically, you see it, it's it's on DirecTV if you have, you know, any of the pay cable guys. It's, it's, it's next to, people look for it as like a brand next to a movie name. Right? Yeah. How'd you, do you know how that even came about? And then I want to get into new content. I mean, it's like very interesting. So Rotten Tomatoes has actually been around for 21 years. We actually celebrated our 21st birthday uh, this past uh, September. And awesome. it started as these three guys in San Francisco in their dorm room were trying to find the definitive numbers for all the Jackie Chan movies. Like they wanted to know how they ranked from a critical opinion. And at that time, early days of the internet, there was no way to do it. And so they came up with Rotten Tomatoes and the system that they've come up with is kind of still the system we have to this day, which is that they try to scour the internet or publications or wherever we can to find every review that is out there. Eventually we got to the point where we now credential people and they become tomato meter approved critics, um, sort of like, wow. you know, 
you become like a, a super reviewer on Amazon. So we have those <laughs> folks. And then we take we take the aggregates of whatever they voted. We we go fresh or rotten, we look at the review, and the fresh or rotten is is the critic recommending this film for people to watch? Are you saying to people, this is a movie you should go see? Even if it's ironically. So we had fresh reviews for Cats. So like people were saying, Cats is trash, but you should go see it because it's, right. crap, it's trash. So we take those fresh or rotten recommendations and then we, we uh, extrapolate that out. If it's above 60%, it's fresh. If it's above 75%, it gets this uh, certified fresh. <laughs> For your folks watching on Facebook right now, they see I, my certified fresh over the shoulder. That is like our I badge of honor because that's above 75%. Basically in the critical landscape, if over 75% of the critical community is recommending this film, you can likely guarantee that it is a film you, if you agree with the critical landscape, you will enjoy. We're, we're saying that this is a film that most critics agree you should go see. For whatever I reason. I love that. Certified um, Fresh. I want that, by the way, Jacqueline. One yeah. of those for my house. I'm telling you. I have a movie that was Certified Fresh. I, I had to work here to get this one. So I, I'm, I I'm very jealous. You should just covet that. Seriously, <laughs> very jelly. Um, and then if it's okay. below 60%, it's rotten. But I always tell people, don't look at the score as an evaluation of the quality of the film. So if a film has a 99% fresh rating, that does not mean that it is a 99% uh, quality of the film. It just means 99% of critics recommend you see it. And their right. recommendations don't necessarily have to be like a glowing review. It's just of the, should you see it, should you not, 99% of them said that you should. And then the, the thing with Rotten is, even though there's Rotten movies, we actually wrote a book, which that's the green book on my shelf right here. Rotten Movies We Love was the very first book that we wrote where we literally went through 110 films that we had people from Leonard Maltin too, people like wow. April Wolf and Amy Nicholson, I think is in it too. And we had them go through and write about like, this is the movie where huh. the judgment on it was incorrect. I mean, and that's things like Space Jam. Um, wow. and me personally, um, I wrote about um, Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy from 1989. I love like, that movie. That movie is Rod. Also The Last oh. Dragon which is like this old school, like Asian movie. No, the last, no, not that one. So the, that's, oh, the last dragon is this black Asian, like black. Yes. Yeah, I keep remembering him like this. He's got the, yes. like, like the, wait, Leroy I saw it in the theaters. Wait, I can't do it on this way, but you yeah. know what I'm talking about. No, Tyrone Leroy. So <laughs> we have these folks write about, you know, why these movies need a Who's the master? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Then. I love that movie so much. The glow. So much. I wrote about it. And so, like, I just like people to know that, like, yes, Rotten Tomatoes, we are an aggregator, um, but we don't determine the quality of anything. We're like the weather channel, and the critics are the weather. <laughs> We're just telling you what the critics are saying. And now when, well, when theaters open back up and people buy tickets, now we also do the same thing for people if you're going to the theater. So we have this thing called Verified Audience where folks can actually go out. And if you went to go see a movie and you bought a ticket either at Fandango and I believe now um, at AMC, although <laughs> got to get back to AMC, get back. Oh yeah. But when you buy a it's ticket a at select um, outlets, when you when you review it, those reviews right. show up as verified reviews at RottenTomatoes.com. And so we have like a, huh. a grouping where you can show, oh, this is what it's sort of like a verified um, Amazon review, like verified right. purchase, verified audience. But your voice is hurt, due to your so it's it's it's. Hurt. So here's the only other question I'd ask then, because that was an excellent explanation. That's yeah, the yeah. most I've ever understood Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> in my life, which I love. But here's the question. Is this now, or always has it been, or never, an algorithm, or are people actually doing this? You know, all the credentials that apply. Oh, so no, it's not an, it's not an algorithm. I, mm -hmm. I, would, I would shudder to think. Uh, no, it's actually, actually okay. individual people are, are reading each review. We have a team of around... 15 to 20 curation review readers. And literally all these guys do is read reviews wow. from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I will say that what is so interesting with that crew is they know more about people like David Ehrlich and Owen Lieberman and, you know, people like, like they know these reviews inside out. These guys are like the elite dream team. Well, of those are the future. Knowing, yeah, of knowing. Critics. 
yeah, how critics write, how they assess their movies. And it's really interesting. Sometimes it's, you know, not every uh, website like puts a number to it or, or sometimes it's just kind of vague. And so what's very interesting with Rotten Tomatoes is occasionally if we can't agree, it goes to like a panel. And so like they have like a huddle about it. So they get like three of the reviewers and they're like, okay, what do you vote? And then if that all fails, sometimes we just go directly to the critic and say, all right, so are you recommending this movie or not? Like, like let us know. Okay, so let first of all, thank you. That that was great. Now you know. Now now there is the competition with Metacritic, right? I mean, they may think so. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. No, I agree with you. I look at Rotten Tomatoes. To any other review, I think that the more they they have out there for folks to find a place mm-hmm. to get information, they should. Um, I just think we're better. <laughs> Listen, I do too. I look at the tomatoes. I don't understand the Metacritic check thing. So it's low, it's high. I don't get it. I, I, I never get it. Yeah. So. And that one is a little different because they actually do put scores. So Metacritic is more of an assessment of quality. So like they read Richard Roper's review and they put a score to it. And we don't really do that. We're a little bit more cut and dry, but honestly, huh. when a mother of four is trying to pick where she's probably going to spend 120 bucks for a Friday night, um, to go yeah. to a movie or like a family of four and the mother's like, all right, what movie we're going to see? Yeah, you said it right the first time. To figure out like what formula is going into this. She just wants to know, is this fairly good? This is what this guy said. Okay, let's go. You know, this is right, do it. the critic said, let me maybe skim this little review. Okay, let's go head over to Fandango buy the ticket. Right. Okay. So let's talk about some content. What do you want to tell us about? I'm dying here. You just go. So it's really funny. Like, there's a lot okay. going on right now. I think as far as like folks looking for maybe maybe like content where they can educate themselves. But the first thing I honestly have to talk about is this thing that I've become recently obsessed with, and it's the number one trending film on Netflix right now, and it's called 365 Days or 365 DNI. Netflix has put porn on their website. I just know how to say it other than that. It is like soft. Are you serious? Porn. What yeah, what is like, this? So it makes Fifty Shades of Grey look. Oh, it's based on the novel. It's based on a novel, and it's oh, wait, based a on novel a somewhere. Yeah, a no- it's like a Polish <laughs> novel. And the thing uh-huh. that is so crazy about it, which I think is nuts, is it's it's the number two movie worldwide. It's number one. DNI by Netflix. It is nuts, and I I cannot recommend it. But it is a perfect example of what will likely be a rotten movie we love because it's. Huh hilarious there are lines in that movie that i just i died laughing and i mean it's like oh now you're making it kind of so hard they hear it in warsaw poland and i literally doubled over i could not and they're this is so terrible earnest they're so uh, earnest just watch the movie go to twitter go to tiktok and see the conversation around it's definitely one of those like bird box movie where the conversation around it is more entertaining than the movie could ever hope to be, but it's right. still, it just cracks. But you kind of have to watch it to, to join yes, in the conversation, exactly. right? Watch it to join the conversation. And now I have an excuse. People are doing that. This is definitely <laughs> adults only. Uh, don't be watching yeah. this with the kids around. This is like not suitable for content, but it's yeah. hilarious. Anyway, so that's one I think for the okay. lighter side. But if you're one of these folks right now that is trying to take this moment and say, "Hey, this is a moment that I can educate myself." I mean, you go look at Amazon right now. The number one books on there are all about education, as far as yes, like basically finding more how to be in this moment and be educated about it. We have a ton of films right now at RottenTomatoes.com. In fact, I'm a member of the African American Film Critics Association, and that group curated a list of 110 essential films to understand the black experience. And I'm gonna just give you guys a, a couple of highlights from them. Jason, one, you put that up? Yeah, yeah, one is, I will go ahead and say um, for sports fans, if you maybe you wanna find a movie where you can like it and your wife can be into it, there's Love and Basketball, which is mm. this great romance novel from 1999, Salah Nathan, Omar Epps, and they're both basketball players. It definitely dives into the black experience, but it also I think shows the love of athletes when they're trying to be athletes and have romance, which is always such a hard choice because obviously they both have a first love, which is sports. So that's an amazing one. Another one that is free to stream right now, Warner Brothers just made this available and that is Just Mercy. It is also one of the books that is topping the Amazon charts right now. It's recent, we've got Michael B. Jordan, who let's be honest, I will watch him do anything. Him having social, yeah, yeah, him having social, Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, action is even better. Um, mm -hmm. So that one's new released on Netflix. I mean, sorry, that one's new released by Warner Brothers on all platforms. And this talks about Brian Stevenson, who was a longtime advocate for social justice and the death penalty. And he actually worked to free several death row inmates who were wrongly convicted and helped to exonerate them. And it's an incredible story about his work in Alabama and his most famous exoneree, which was Walter McMillan, who was a man who actually had a date for um, the date for execution. execution. And it turned out like the case was completely centered on racial bias and a complete lack of, I think, um, fair justice. And so, yeah, it's an amazing story. Really? That's so Fox, rare. Yeah. Jamie Foxx, Michael B. Jordan. Um, another one I think is amazing, and this is a documentary if you want to really just dive into, I would say, the nuts and bolts of things, and that is The mm -hmm. 13th by Ava DuVernay. Yes. Also available to stream on Netflix. I believe Netflix also made it available for folks to stream outside of the paywall. Absolutely mm -hmm. incredible. I actually have interviewed Ava a few times, and like she did Selma, which was nominated for Best Picture, and she's done a ton of stuff. To this day, the thing people talk to her about is the 13th, because it is really in-depth analysis of how the prison system has affected black and brown lives and how the, the justice system in general is essentially reenacted slavery. Because again, these people, once you become incarcerated, you, you have no rights. And 100%. so percent. And, and by yeah. the way, I think 13th is one of those things that should be shown in classrooms and it's a yeah. you know part of curriculum. It's, it's really, uh, it's one of those eye opening uh, things that it's just, you're like, Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. And, I just and moved it over here. Yeah, and it's really incredible, too, because until you sort of dive into it and have a moment with it, you can't you can't appreciate it until you sit down and, and watch it. And, of course, she did When They See Us recently, which talked about the Central Park Exonerated Five. So Ava's been doing the work, but the 13th is, is definitely a doc. But it's not all doom and gloom. There's also some comedy on there. Um, yeah. I also will say that if you're looking for a laugh and, again, also maybe a little bit of horror, Jordan Peele's Get Out. If by chance you're one of the three people that have not seen that one, I highly, highly recommend that you check that out <laughs> and or Girls Trip. Both of those films will have you laughing and then maybe also having a good moment. But, yeah, Get Out and Girls Trip are my two Gs. Those ones are absolutely perfect. And the final film I definitely want folks to check out is Barry Jenkins' If Bill Street Could Talk. This is based off of James Baldwin's uh, manuscript about two young lovers who um, he, is wrongfully, uh, he is wrongfully accused of rape. And it's their struggles to basically uh, honor their love for each other and find a space for each other in um, Harlem in the 1960s. Beautiful, beautiful story. And Barry Jenkins, of course, coming off of his Oscar win he might, so... And this is what got Regina King her Oscar. So you get to see her Oscar winning performance. Yeah, it's it's kind of written. You know, it's like yeah. you see it on the wall. It's it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's one of those movies. Uh, yes. So, uh, Jason, you have up what we're just yeah. talking about for those who are yeah. not watching yeah. us. Yeah. But, but and, it doesn't and really matter if you're not watching us. You can't it see it. It doesn't matter if you're watching us. Also, if you check out a Bill Street to talk, um, please also check out, listen to the score of it. The score of it is absolutely incredible. It's written by Nicholas Bertel, who also did the score to Moonlight. For those of you that were following Antonio Brown, when he was mm -hmm. going through all his troubles last year, remember he did that video? It was yep. all in black and white. Yeah, that's Nicholas mm -hmm. Patel. I like to l tell people that. Oh, I'm like, you know nothing about Nicholas Patel. Like, that music that was so powerful and really orchestrated huh. this moment that he was having, that's Nicholas Patel. And it's the best. Uh, get out is the best. Our, our Nancy is just posting up. You know, yeah, everyone thinks so, Nancy. Um, all right. So now, how about stuff? What's coming out? Like King of Staten Island? Is Pete yeah. is Pete Davidson an actor? Is this what's happening now? Like, tell tell me what's going on. And then we have another yeah. one. Is it Five Bloods or something? Like, tell me. Yes. Yeah. Go go. Tell yeah. us. So please. the new stuff that is coming out this weekend. I don't want to leave that. King of Staten Island is yes. absolutely incredibly amazing. Pete Davidson, I'm what? actually a fan of Pete Davidson, unironically. He has sort of taken the pain of losing his father in 9-11 and morphed it into this beautiful semi-autobiographical tale of his life in Staten Island. It's a love letter to his family, to, his, to honor the legacy of his father. And also it really honors, I think, his love for Staten Island. I mean, this is a guy that he's doing all right. You know, he's on SNL, he's doing movies. He still lives in his mother's basement in Staten Island and he's kind of staying true, I think, to his upbringing, which I think is really kind of incredible. Um, I mean, also, is, that, is that what it is at that point? Is, or is it a problem? No, I actually... I love my mom. I love my mom. You, I, I, I would not... I would take a bullet for my mother. 
I'm not living in the basement, man. I, if I'm on Saturday Night Live, I swear to God, I'm not living in Merrick, Long Island, on, uh, on the ba in the basement of my parents' like blue ranch house. It's not happening. I lived, um, I lived overseas for a while, and so I am a little bit more. I know people live with their parents longer over there. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't do it, but I do like that he's being authentic because he has people like you giving him mm -hmm. the business every single time. So the fact that he's still doing it, I think, is an even bigger commitment. Because let's be no, honest. I, I agree. You know what I mean? Like, so this is a, a, I agree. a complete choice. Uh, the other one. But that did you see his movie? Wait, before you go, did you see his, the last movie he did on Hulu? Yes. A big time. Out of yes. He's basically playing himself. Pete Davidson you liked is very good at playing himself. Yeah. No, he's amazing. I like that one. Yeah. Griffin Gluck is in that one. He's also the kid from um, American Vandal. And I love that one. Yeah, that was a Sundance one. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So, okay, but it's Judd Apatow too, right? So yeah, this, is a, this is a big movie. This is going to be a big movie. It was one that was supposed to hit theaters, and they're putting it out on streaming, so you'll be able to do what they call like that premium video rental for it. And mm -hmm. again, Pete Davidson, it also um, has a little um, cameo by Pauline Chalamet. She's Timothy Chalamet's uh, younger sister, but it's also Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, Steve Buscemi. It's a really great cast, and it definitely, uh, I think the headline from IndieWire was, it's the best film that Judd Apatow has done in this decade. And currently, I believe, it is now certified fresh at 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't quote me on that, but it is certified fresh. Um, wait, so 83 I think so, but I don't quote me on that. I, last time I checked, it was around the 80s, but I don't know where it, like, because, you know, they keep getting reviews all the time. But I do know it is certified fresh, so it is above that 75. I wanted to, <laughs> I want to jump yeah. back for a second because you just said it was the best movie Judd Apatow made this decade. I mean, that isn't was, it 2020? That was not my quote. That was not my quote. So he, it's was, the only one he's made this decade, right? I just want to be clear. There's no, <laughs> no <laughs> It's 2020. No, going backwards. So 10 to 20, 10 to 20. Oh, he's fact. counting all his movies from 10, from Knocked That's Up and everything. That's what IndieWire said. That's what IndieWire said. They said it was his best movie since Funny People, which I think was 2006. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. That was, that was IndieWire. You go argue with David Ehrlich. This is not my opinion. <laughs> we also have, okay. a first, we have a first review. I feel you, Jacqueline. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. I, we, we know. We know. You know. Uh, it's okay though. I <laughs> with David Ehrlich. Like, he will he will battle you on. Twitter. I will. Um, I will. But uh, it's really funny. We have a first news piece also up on the website where you can check out what folks were saying as far as like you know does it tell his story and there's some slight tweaks to it but, it, but really funny, really funny and heartfelt. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, and what else we got? We got one more, right? So yeah, we got Five Bloods this weekend, mm -hmm. and that one is Spike Lee's latest. This one was also certified fresh. Last time I checked, it was 93% on the tomato meter. This is actually his wow. first film since his Oscar-winning um, best screenplay for Black Klansman, which of course he won. It was actually supposed to premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. However, Cannes was canceled, canceled. And so Netflix put it out um, on June 12th. And it's really interesting because this is one of the first Vietnam War movies. We had a ton of Vietnam War movies. But it's one, the first one that's told completely from the Black experience. The Black experience of Vietnam vets was completely different from their white counterparts. And it is bookended by two of the most outspoken critics of the Vietnam War, Martin Luther King and Muhammad Ali. And it, it, it includes archival footage from both of these gentlemen as sort of like the prologue and the epilogue for the film. And again, definitely has that Spike Lee flavor. And Incredible performance by Delroy Lindo, who's worked with before back in Crooklyn. Um, we also Love have him. Clark Love Peters and a new young comer that I really want folks to pay attention to. His name is Jonathan Majors. He was in an incredible film um, last year called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. So if you watch Five Bloods, like, The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Last Black Man in San Francisco. It talks about gentrification in San Francisco. It's also on our list of. 110 films. He's amazing in it. And he, I think is somebody you're going to watch. If you've seen Jordan Peele's promotion for, mm -hmm. um, Hill, uh, Lovecraft country, mm -hmm. um, that new HBO show he has coming on, uh, right. Jonathan is going to be a key one in that. So I think this kid is literally about to blow up. So. Keep an eye yeah, on this is this is exciting. So really, that's ninety three fresh tomatoes. We have stuff to watch now, but we have, we got to go buy it, right? We yeah. got to buy it at home, like it's through Amazon. So um, Five Bloods, you can get on Netflix. Um, nice. The Last Black Man in San Francisco, you can head over to Fandango now or any of the you know uh, sales streaming platforms that you can go to. You can pretty much get it directly iTunes, Amazon, all of that. 
Right. Um, and the last, uh, the King of Staten Island, right? That's, I really that's the one. that there's somebody out there repping Fandango now. I think that's yeah. the first time I've yeah. heard those words. It's it, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, you know what? I like Fandango. So, that's, you know, keep talking okay, about like, it. I'm, I'm going to back the people that are currently keeping me employed during a pandemic. Let's oh, oh, that's a Rotten Tomato company. Did you know that, Jason? No, no. Uh, yeah, Fandango yeah, and Rotten right. Tomatoes are, are, are part of each other. You yeah. can get it anywhere. You can get iTunes. You can Amazon. You can get it at Voodoo. You can get it anywhere. I love it. I, love I just it. Oh, yeah. I'm joking. I'm leaving now. That's why I'm not allowed. Where are you going? Do you have any? Jason, I was just gonna. That's where you can get King of Staten Island. You can find uh, 35 DNI also on Netflix, and then all the films that I mentioned as far as um, how they relate to the African American experience. If you go to our uh, website, it will tell you where you can find those currently right now. Many of them have been made available for free on various streaming platforms as well. This is amazing. And Jacqueline, I want to thank you and your entire team for making movies very, very simple for me now, because I like simple. I really do. You make it very easy for me to decide what I'm going to watch and what I go, nope. Thank you so so much for telling me about this 365 DNI, because this is going to be my my thing today. It's like, I had to start with some levity, but it is nuts. It is so stupid. I, I can't wait. I love a good stupid movie. Like oh boy. my favorite movie a couple of years ago was Aquaman because there's nothing stupider than that movie. That movie is oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, go into this one knowing that it's about to be very, yeah, very entertaining, ironically bad software. Those are my favorite. I grew up on those kind of movies, those VHS, B movies <laughs> that were never going to make the shelf that were just dumb weird sex comedies. I love yeah. Silk stockings, like you remember, like that show. I remember it well. Very silk stockings. How about this? I'll I'll throw one even further to you. Thief of Hearts. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Watch that. That's where like silk stockings. I think it was like Ken Wall or something. Like where he like basically is a burglar and he like he goes into this loft and it's owned by this you know beautiful sexy like you know lingerie model who owns a you know an eight million dollar loft and he steals her diary, and. He basically gets to know her from the diary and then falls in love with her. She falls in love with him. And now he's like, oh, yeah. I only know you because I stole your diary. I'm a thief. Uh, that's, some, that's also some uh, red, maybe Ryan, maybe red Shoe Diaries. Remember that one? Like, that was like another one of those. Like, David, David Duchovny, Duchovny right? Yeah. Blue? Oh, yeah. David, David Duchovny. Duchovny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the guy from the X-Files, David Duchovny, he was in the Red Shoe Diaries. He was in the Red Shoe Diaries. That's right. Yeah, that's great. Oh, and there's actually a show. There's a show out right now on Netflix. Did you watch this one, The Night Clerk or whatever it is, with uh, Leg Obama? It's weird. It's weird, but it's about a it's about a kid with like Aspergers that that videotapes people in their hotel rooms to understand how to be human, right? Like to speak oh. to like understand how to talk. But then he witnesses a murder, and there's this, it's really weird. Uh, it's really convinced him he didn't do it. Yeah, he has to convince me to do it, but he, he saw it and he doesn't want to be able to tell him and he's got Asperger's at the same time. So that's what that other... It's a very unsexy silk stockings. It's the sexy... Okay. <laughs> that, sounds that sounds like the most... Yeah, Voyeuristic, yeah. That sounds like not good. All right, well, Jacqueline, thank you for being here so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate the updates and the recommends. And the, you didn't really tell us to stay away from anything, so that's good. I like it. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a consumer of all things entertainment. So. Right me too. Well, Ladies we'd love to have you back Cully. talk about more stuff once the movie theaters are all open again. So. Yeah, yeah. That would be great. Please. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you Thank for you being, for here. being here. Bye, Bye. Jacqueline. Bye, Jacqueline. Oh, that was oh, awesome. See, that's great. And also, now I understand Rotten Tomatoes. Finally. Do yeah. you? Now I do. Yeah, well, I kind of... I kind of knew that in the back, you know, you kind of know that in the back of your head, like you look at the reviews right. and go, that's fresh, but it's a seven. But at the same time, to really hear it kind of emphasize it's true, like 100% doesn't mean everybody loved it. It just meant everybody liked it. Well, the other thing that I thought was very telling is that it says that, you know, if, if anywhere, even if a reviewer recommends something like you have to see this just mm-hmm. for the even if it's ironic or you have to see this, if those terms are in there, they'll put it on a recommend. Even if it's like, you have to see how bad this is, you know, it doesn't matter. So that's a, that's another scale that that's, you know, sliding to a degree. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. uh, That's a, that's a criteria. I understand. But I also, I also love that. And I love her attitude towards movies because how great is it to be somebody that wants to just consume all the different pieces and enjoy the bad. 
with the good. And uh, yeah, especially right now. I want to say like Truffaut said that being a critic before he became a director was a huge uh, advantage for him to uh, learn how to rip, you know, and dissect movies apart mm-hmm. and understand what makes them good and what makes them bad. So he knows what to avoid and how to, I mean, and he's Truffaut. So if I'm saying his name right, I, I probably seem intelligent. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, so you have time. Jason has a rant. Jason has a rant. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's do, do this. Rant, I, I do, and I, I think it's important. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set something up real quick. But um, I want to, you know, something to, you know, everybody knows right now, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, in addition to the Black Lives Matter and COVID-19, it's also Pride Month. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I know this. And uh, so I wanted to show you something that I did. And it's going to be a little bit hard to see. And I apologize for that because of the screen. But what you're seeing up here is the Starburns Audio uh, Facebook page. And we've obviously, we, we, we put the Black Lives Matter tag up there to show our support. And for June, we submitted a bunch of shows, our podcasts to Stitcher and Spotify and Apple for uh, consideration for their Pride, Pride collection. So these were the three shows picked by Stitcher. And if you don't know what Stitcher is, it's a podcast app that um, is put out by Midroll, which is Earwolf. And so you're talking about the, the place where you get Mark Marin and My Favorite Murder and tons of humongous shows uh, are go through Stitcher. Um, and they were gracious enough to, uh, to, to, to highlight these three shows, Ghosted with Roz Dresperles. Um, All Starburns audio shows. Listen, yeah. And they have their other shows, but they did Ghosted. And right. if you been watching Cliff Dorfman live and, and this show, you've, you've met Roz. Inside the Closet with Mateo Lane and Emma Wilmanson, it, which is a hilarious show. And Mateo is a great stand-up. And then Sibling Rivalry with Bob the Drag Queen and Modi in Exchange. Again, Bob was on our show. Yep. Um, so and his uh, HBO show was just renewed. And his HBO We're here. show just renewed. So right. I want to um, read you something because this, this is what I wrote. we wrote on the top of it. This hashtag Pride Month Stitcher showcases equality for all LGBTQ plus podcasts. Check out Sibling Rivalry, Ghosted by Roz Dress for Les, Inside the Closet, and more. And then we have the link to the Stitcher app. And underneath that, there's a picture that says equality for all, all in black with uh, the words LGBTQ plus podcasts and the little Stitcher logo. There's also the logo for the Ghosted show, Inside the Closet, and Sibling Rivalry. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the promotion. So we posted that, and I wanted to get that out into the world. So what I did was I made it a paid post, and I, I'm gonna I want to keep this in so so everybody can see it. I I I made for a paid post, um, and it's gotten twenty thousand people on there, two hundred likes, um, you know, eighty seven eight hundred seventeen engagements, which are likes mm-hmm. and opens and all that stuff. You can see all those pieces, but if you notice down there, and if you can see it on the screen, it says the ad was rejected. Okay. The ad was rejected by Facebook and I asked them why they, and so I got in touch with them and they said, it's too, that I needed to, in order for this, this particular ad to run, I had to go on and verify that I'm from the United States and that I'm I'm not a Russian bot because I'm spreading propaganda and they want to make sure that I'm not somebody trying to influence an election. I'm not talking on purpose because oh, I'm just letting you go because oh, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm not. So so basically, what they're saying is putting that on there and it, it, something as simple as, "Hey, I don't want to," um, as, as just as just highlighting podcasts that represent LGBTQ. I've been banned from doing that until I can prove that I'm an American, and that um, that because wait, they say wait, that I just want to be clear until you can prove that you're an American. Yes. So. They, what they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to say that they don't that they don't do anything and I'm I'm bringing this up for everybody again that right. like again I want to I want to make sure that this is clear for everybody they want what they basically are asking is they can't run the ad because we require people who com, uh, to complete an ID confirmation to run ads about social issues elections or politics and when I asked what a social issue was what they said what, about a social issue is anything that can influence an election. Or there's, or there's legislation around it. And the reason this really bothers me is when did promoting and supporting LGBTQ podcasts become an election issue or even something that we need to ask permission for? You know, I can verify my identity and I've started, but the, you know, the process that, you know what they make me do to get the identity approved? I ha- they're mailing me a letter with a code on it. So in two Stay weeks when I get the letter, 
Yes, a snail mail letter. When I get the snail mail letter in the mail, I can go back, I, I can put the code in to Facebook and then they'll let me run my ad. But for the next two weeks, which is the, which is the rest of Pride, I can't run just a simple promotion that doesn't say anything. It doesn't, except equality for all. That's the only message on that thing. Equality for all, listen to podcasts. I'm banned, but for that. You're banned? Oh, I'm, I, I'm rejected from running that ad. I can't run that rejected. ad. Rejected, yeah, but, but let's be clear. So, so uh, let me ask you this. Do you know, maybe you don't, maybe we can find out, how many ads are running on Facebook that have pride and uh, black men or women in oh, the sure. ads? There, are there a I, lot? Have you seen any? I, I mean, I'm sure there are. And, you know, I tried to target what I've, what I've come to I'm understand. I'm not. I'm trying to see if there's an overall ban is yeah, what I'm asking. Yeah, I'll have to look a little bit more. What I've what I've heard is yeah. um, that it because it was a, initially it was it's approved. It, initially it was approved and it ran for about 12 hours and then it got denied. And so what I understand is that somebody reported it, um, except that I actually did a big filter on Facebook to make sure that it was only going to people who supported LGBTQ causes in the first place. Most of the choice. Uh, right. Because you can you can yeah. go in there and select like demographics. One, I wanted to make sure it ran for people that were interested, you know, you're mm -hmm. always customizing it if that's part of the deal. And two, I've had trouble in the past when I've done promotions and like it hit a bunch of people that disagreed with my, you know, my ideology. And I'm not even talking about political terms, just my beliefs in, you know, gay rights, Black Lives Matter, that kind of stuff. And I don't want to deal right. with them. So what it, 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 one of two things happened. Either it ran and somebody, you know, somebody caught it and reported it. Um, or they didn't actually do the filters. I asked them to do the LGBTQ filters and it just went out to everyone and it got to somebody who didn't like it and they reported it and got me back. Okay, but here's a, here's a question. Well, no, I, now I'm gonna pipe in for a second again. <laughs> this is so gross. Um, so let's say it went out to everybody, right? Yeah. Let's say the filters didn't work that Facebook say they you can optionally apply, right? And it yeah. does go out to everybody. What in the ad that you sent out, the final copy would be offens offensible. Is that a word? Offensible? Yeah. You know what would what would require it to be pulled down out of everything you said? Would it be because of of LGBTQ? Would, is it because of pride? I mean, like because I don't hear anything in that ad that makes it an offense worthy ad to be taken down. No, I. That's the whole thing with me too. That's what bothers me the most. I, I mean. Get it. I don't get it. Like, there's nothing there. I, maybe that there's a message. All right. That says, yeah, I'm still got the hiccup. <laughs> I get so right. mad. I get. I breathe in more air. It's like, and hey, I'm just, Jason, I, do me a favor. Prove right now you have the hiccups. <laughs> no, prove it. Prove it right now. Uh, I just got the birth. See? Yeah, you can't. That's how you cure the hiccups, ladies and gentlemen. Prove it. He, yeah, prove it right now. Go ahead. You still okay. can. See, <laughs> he won't hiccup again this entire show. If he does, he'll give you a dollar. But oh. he's not going <laughs> to. All right. Go on. I, I, the only thing I can think of is the actual equality for all message where it says equality for all because that actually sounds could be a call to action. But that's the closest thing to a like stance in this whole thing, which I don't think like which is the craziest idea that that could uh, you resubmit the ad without oh, yeah. like right now without equality for all in it? Yeah, maybe that's the test. Maybe that's what I can do. Yeah, that would be a great test to see because if you take it without that, like let's say somehow in an algorithm that, like you said, it's a call to action or call to arm, whatever, God forbid, that ridiculous statement, you know, like that ridiculous statement of a call to arms would be applied to equality for all. Uh, if you take that out and it still gets the same thing, yeah, then what? Now we've got even a bigger problem. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the problem with all of it. I mean, and that's that's the funny thing, like, if I were to put up a, a thing, it's like, hey, look at it. It's the 4th of July. Pa show your patriotism. You know, America, the America is great. That that wouldn't get me kicked off. And it, it was the same thing, like, you know, and it was just a bunch of like it was, uh, you know, uh, a, a new show. It doesn't even have to be like uh, ideological stuff. If I just did like the uh, Constitution show and two things from WNYC, it would still not happen. And that's really bothers you're me. taking a phrase from the constitution i mean for yeah. everyone who doesn't know that i mean i was thinking about it i was like i should probably say that it's yeah. from the constitution yeah. it's you know just as equality for all okay but uh, so there's really no fixing this right because uh meanwhile you're on the main page of stitcher yeah meanwhile all we're right. getting some great views right. i wanted to i wanted to support people but it really bothers me that um Hell yeah. that those are the things we still have to to argue about like like with with facebook facebook doesn't want to remove anything from politicians and a lot of stuff they leave a lot of stuff out there because they want the discussion out there 
this is something that they don't feel is necessary in that bucket. Yeah, well, it's beyond bugging. It's it, it's concerning to the point of uh, massive discrimination. That's the you know alleged. I wonder if. I yep. wonder if it's yep. discrimination what they're doing. Isn't that the way uh, yeah, you can legally say it? Yeah. I wonder yeah, if yeah. that's discrimination instead of allegedly. You can just say I wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you could say, I don't know if it's discrimination, but if it is, Facebook's <laughs> gonna have a hard time on their hands. Right, and then you're legally covered, right? That's it. You're good. Yeah. Right. Okay. People are staying it, though. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, but this is disconcerting at the least. Um, I, you know what? I'm surprised. Is Bob aware of this? Nope. Uh, let, let, let me tell you something. Let's get Bob, talk to Bob about this. Let's see how fast this thing gets. You know, if he, uh, let, if Bob hears about this. I'll, I'll definitely do it. I mean, he's, you know, one of the most, uh, I don't Influential drag know. queens in the country, according well, to New also, York Magazine. Well, also, like, uh, you know, one of the best pieces of content for the whole Black Matter, Lives Matter um, protests was something that him and Monet did on Sibling Rivalry, the podcast. It's one of the most affecting, you know, imagine somebody that's dealing not just with the black experience, but the gay experience you know, growing up in that world, it's such a heartbreaking show episode. And it, it, it really aligns with both of these things happening at the same time. And for me not to be able to promote it really bugs me. This was part of my thing was just, I want to support. I, want I don't want you to get Bob on the phone right now. And like, <laughs> know. you know, like, like, first of all, because he's got to get his mic anyway, but I kind of want you to get him on the phone right now and tell him what the hell is going on because this really does seem atrocious to me. And I, I have to believe, you definitely didn't tell him because you're sparing him for sure. But this is annoying. Well, I, and you I, might see it anyway now. And I'm also a problem solver, and I want to fix it first. But I, I, it was it was affecting enough that I wanted to bring it up to everybody because it just, I, I, I would also love for somebody to just say, Jason, you're being out, you're being silly. Uh, this yeah, listen, all- let's anyone who's got that point of view, we'd love to hear it. By the way, we're open to it, and and you know, send it in, talk to us. We're we could not be more open to another point of view. But this seems a little. What, what's Nancy posting there? What what is she saying? You want to read that? Yeah, as a sister of a gay man, I have seen firsthand what he and my brother-in-law went through when they were young. It just blows me away. It makes me want to stand up and walk away from Facebook. And that's that's where I'm hurting real bad, too. Um, you know, obviously, right. there's a lot of things here. And I, I'm going to work with them to see if I can get this fixed. But I had it manually reviewed this morning, um, and they still oh. the, they denied it again. Um, so Did they uh, tell you why? They, but they don't tell you why. They, no. they do not give any – but they don't – they have to cite some kind of like uh, code that you're violating in their um, terms of service. They're just saying that it is um, it's a social issue. So ads about social issues, elections or politics. Um, it's Wait, there's uh, no political ads on Facebook. No, that you can. You just have to you have to prove that you're an Amer- you have to go through this process of proving that you're not a Russian robot. Uh so you have to have this mail thing. So you can't, it's, it's this weird thing. And I, I understand it for like election, wow. propaganda, but I wouldn't, but, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't compare the two. Like you can't compare like misinformation. Dad says, he's, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you see that you put it up. Your dad says today I'm watching on YouTube. I mean, this yep. is a thing. This is not something I, you know, listen, Jason and all the time I've known him, he's not a rant person i'm telling you like this is not a guy i have to invite him over to my house and and like pry things like a wisdom tooth from him when i know something's bothering him and he still doesn't want to talk about it so for him to get on here and now i'm hearing it this is not something that i think is going to get glazed over i I just don't see that it's not i'm gonna i'm gonna figure this out but uh it just it's it's one of those things where like i understand where certain things would require that and i'm glad that they're doing a certain level of authentication to make sure that you're getting the right information from the right people I don't think this is an issue that needs that any more than like buying Tide soap doesn't have to be cleared or you don't have to give the address to that place for that kind of stuff. This is not an issue. This shouldn't be an issue. This shouldn't well, be an issue. Okay, but let's even, I'm interrupting again for a reason and here it is. Let's say, let's go with it, right? Let's just be patriotic, whatever the F that means anymore, right? But let's just say, right? We're going with whatever they say. It's an easy process. I scan my passport, which is not a fakeable thing, and right. I email it to you, and in 30 seconds, you go, oh, yeah, he's an American, and you, boom, you, you launch the ads. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a Russian bot. That's it. Why is that not acceptable? That's I, I, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I just applied for a small business loan today. Okay. I got it approved. 
I sent them. Oh, you over. didn't have to prove you were an American. I, I gave them my driver's license and access to uh, my credit report. The money is going to be in my account tomorrow. I, oh, oh, so was that easy to prove your citizenship? Yeah, but this I have to get okay. a letter and sign, like delivered to me in two weeks to make it happen. But what's the letter you're getting delivered to you? And we're going to take the record because we only have a couple of minutes, and this is super important. We're, we're almost out of time, but just tell me real fast what this letter is. That it's going to take two weeks. You have a code on they, it. All it is is a letter that's going to be mailed mail to my house with a, a code on it. And I got to type the code into Facebook to prove that I got the letter here in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end off for the day. And I'm not, again, I'm all about art and, and this is a censorship issue. Yep. Forget for, for humanity because I'm all about humanity too. So your art and humanity, and this encompasses both. Yep. Yeah, it does. Okay. And then, yep. That's so a I'll, I'll give you an update, but that's, that's my rant for the day. I, love all you guys and i appreciate you guys listening to that and i hope that didn't bore you but uh um i appreciate you guys hearing me well you've definitely been heard and we're going to follow up on this on our next episode and uh i look forward to it when we come back so we're done right that's it uh for the day so everyone thank you for being here stay safe stay sane stay strong jason smith take care of each other i love you all have a wonderful day love you all we'll see you again next time bye bye